you tell me a story? Hello listeners, welcome to our podcast. Nana, can you tell me a story? Every episode we bring you a new story from India. Welcome back, listeners. Adya, your story in the last episode was so imaginative. What do you think? You'd like to do another story soon, maybe today? Ramayan story. I will work on another story and maybe later we can tell it. Okay. So, which Ramayan character do you think we should tell a story about now? After Sri Ram, Devi Sita and Hanumanji, I think the next character should be Ravan. Why don't you tell stories about the life of Ravan? But Nana, I am curious about one thing. What was his drive to become evil? His motive? His game? I agree. We should tell the story of Ravan's life. He's crucial to Ravan. If it wasn't for Ravan, Bhagwan Vishnu would not have taken an incarnation as Ravan. To answer your question about what was his drive to become evil, let us tell the stories of his life. We'll get some answers to these questions. But he was a demon, right? Was he born a demon or did he turn into one? These are all great questions, Adya. Well, let us tell his life stories and then we will talk about these questions. When we told the stories about Bhagwan Vishnu's incarnation as Sri Ram, we told about story of Jay and Vijay, the gatekeepers of Bhagwan Vishnu's home, and how after Sanat Kumar's curse, Jay was born as Ravan, and Vijay was born as Kumbhakaran. Do you remember that story? Um, I'm trying to remember. Could you refresh my memory? Sure. I'll briefly tell this story again. Once Jay and Vijay, guards of Vakunt, the city where Vishnu Bhagwan lived, did not allow Brahma's four sons, sages Sanak, Sanadan, Sanat Kumar, and Sanatan, see Bhagwan Vishnu. The sages got angry and cursed. Jay and Vijay to be born on the earth and go through cycles of human birth and death. Even though Jay and Vijay apologized to the sages, Bhagwan Vishnu punished them. Bhagwan Vishnu gave two options. They could either go through seven lives or seven life cycles of a Vishnu devotee or they could go through three lives of demons as Bhagwan Vishnu's enemy and be killed by Bhagwan Vishnu. Jay and Vijay accepted the demons' lives. In their second life as a demon, they were born as Ravan and Kumbhakaran. Oh yeah, now I remember. But Nana, who were his parents? Ravan's father was Sage Vishrava, and his mother was Kekesi, 
the daughter of demon King Somali. Wait a minute. You mean a sage married a demon princess? Yep. It's an interesting story in itself. So let me tell another story. You know, when I'm telling these stories, there are always these stories within stories. So, in all Hindu mythology stories, we have good characters and we have bad characters. And there is a war between good and bad characters. There are different bad characters. An Asur, a Rakshas, a Dano, a Dath, etc., etc. But in English, all these are translated to one term, demon. But you know, all these bad characters are different. In this story, the bad character is a Rakshas. And there is a story about how Rakshasas were born. Do you want to know or do you want to hear about it? Yeah, I do want to. But let me ask you another question first. Can a Rakshas shapeshift? Shapeshift? Yep, they could. You know, I think you already know some examples. You want to guess? Sure, okay. Mm. Oh, Suparnika was one. And the golden deer. Uh, what was his name? Marichi. Okay, now you know that. Let's tell how Rakshasas were created. So in the beginning of the universe, Brahmaji created water and all the creatures that lived in it. At one point, the animals wanted food and shelter, so they went to Brahmaji. Brahmaji said, well, you take care of the water and the creatures in it. So some of the creatures said they would protect other creatures, while some said they would worship creatures. The creatures who said they would protect were called Rakshas, while those who said they would worship creatures were called Yaksha or Yakshas. Rakshas is derived from the word Raksha, which means to protect. Hey, speaking about Raksha, we had a Raksha Bandhan. We had Raksha Bandhan recently. Didn't we have an episode on that? Spot on, Adya. We did. You know, we talked about Rakshabandhan, the, um, it's like, you know, festival and why and how of all that. And maybe we can retell some time, but let's get back to our story. Ravan's ancestors were Rakshas. As time passed, Rakshas who had vowed to protect creatures became too powerful and started hurting them, including humans and gods. There was a war between gods and Rakshas. Bhagwan Vishnu was leading the gods, while powerful Rakshas like Sumali, Mali, Malewan led Rakshas. After a long war, Bhagwan Vishnu killed Mali. Somali and Malivan were defeated and they escaped to the underworld. Somali had a very beautiful daughter 
So when she became a young lady, Somali decided to come back to earth to find a suitable match for her. But he had his own motive for that. He wanted grandkids who could be very powerful and be able to defeat gods. He had heard about Saint Vishrava, whose son was Kubair, the treasurer of God's treasury. Kubair lived in Lanka, a beautiful city made of gold. So Somali suggested his daughter that she should go to Sage Vishrava and request him to marry her. So Kakasi, Somali's daughter, went to Sage Vishrava while he was meditating. When Vishrava saw her, it was dusk. He asked her, Oh beautiful lady, who are you? And why are you here? Kakasi replied, I'm Kakasi, the daughter of Rakshas King Sumali. You are a sage and you can figure out why I'm here. I cannot say that myself. Sage Vishrava closed his eyes and used his meditation powers. He immediately knew that she wanted to marry him and also the reason or the motive why she wanted to marry him. He replied, Okay, I can marry you, but I must warn you your children will be evil. Hearing this, Kaxi said, I didn't wish for that. Vishwa said, Well, you came to me at an inauspicious moment and your motive was not good. So your first two sons will be evil, but the youngest son will be a devotee of Vishnuji and he will be of pure heart. Sage Vishrava and Kakasi got married and they had four children. Ravan was the eldest son, followed by Kumbhakaran, Shurpnakha, and Vibhishan, the youngest. All of them had critical roles in Ramayana. Hey Nana, what about Ravan's ten heads? Was he born with them? Or was he transformed later? Well, what Sage Vishrava said about his three sons was clear in their characters. According to Valmiki Ramayan, Ravan was born with ten heads. And that is why Sage Vishrava named him Dasgreev. You know what that means? It means someone who has ten necks. He was also called Das Sheesh, which means someone who has ten heads. And Ravan was overambitious. He wanted to be mightiest and wanted to control or rule over everything in this universe. Kumakaran had a big appetite and he would eat anything and everything in front of him when he was hungry. He was so big that he just thought about food and sleep. 
But Vibhishan, on the other hand, was noble and virtuous. Ravan, Kumbhakaran, Shupnakha, and Vibhishan, all of them got their education from their father in his Gurkul. And when they were old enough, they all went to the forest to worship Brahmaji. They worshipped Brahmaji day and night for thousands of years under very difficult conditions to get special powers. Ravan wanted to become immortal. He worshipped Brahmaji under harshest of conditions of heat, rain, and cold. In the end, he offered his heads one after the other to Brahmaji. And finally, Brahmaji appeared in front of Ravan and said, I'm impressed with your hard penance and worship. What do you wish? Ravan replied, Oh, great grandfather, Brahmadev, if you truly are satisfied with my worship and penance, make me immortal. Brahmaji smiled and said, I'm sorry, Dasgreev, I cannot grant immortality. Everyone who is born has to die. Except for immortality, you can ask for anything. Brahman thought for a while as to who could be the weakest among all the creatures on the earth, whom he could always be able to defeat. He said, I should remain undefeatable to a god, Rakshas, Asur, or such. But I'm not scared of a human or a monkey. I can decimate these at any time. Which meant no one except a human could defeat or kill me. Or kill Raman rather. Brahmaji said, so be it. Since you offered your heads in worship, you may have all your heads back and I grant you another wish that you would be able to transform into anyone, anytime. Kumbhakaran wished for food and sleep. He received his wish to be awake for six months and sleep for six months. Shubhnakha received the wish to be beautiful whenever she wished. Means again, she could change herself. Vibhishan said he did not wish for anything other than to be a virtuous and righteous person and that he remained a devotee of Bhagwan Vishnu. After he was assured that no one could defeat him or kill him, first thing thus grief did was to take control of Lanka by asking his half-brother Kubair to leave Lanka. He attacked anyone he felt threatened for any reason. Slowly, he became famous in the universe as the most dreaded Rakshas who could attack anyone, anytime. But Nana, how did he get the name Ravan? Who gave him this name? Thank you for asking this question, Adya. This is a good segue to tell other stories about Ravan.
Once Ravan was going in his special chariot, Pushpalvaman, which he had taken away from Kuvair. When Pushpak Viman passed Sharwan, a unique forest near a mountain, suddenly Pushpak Viman slowed down and stopped and would not move any further. Thus grief got off his Viman and entered the Sharwan, which was full of special plants called Sarkanda. But he was stopped by Nandi, which meant this was a special forest and mountain where Bhagwan Shiv stayed with Devi Parvati. At the time, Nandi had the face of a monkey, and he fought Ravan and injured him. He also cursed him that in future an army of monkeys would destroy Lanka and fight a war against him. Ravan was so angry that he put his hand under the mountain base and tried to uproot the mountain. At that time, Bhagwan Shiv was staying in the mountain cave with Devi Parvati. When Ravan tried to move the mountain, Devi Parvati lost her balance. Bhagwan Shiv used his toe to hold the mountain in place and Ravan's hand got stuck under the mountain. Ravan could not move his hand and he started crying with pain. When his advisors saw his condition, they suggested he worship Bhagwan Shiv and that only he could be responsible for that pain he was feeling. Ravan worshipped Bhagwan Shiv with a special sloka. Bhagwan Shiv accepted his worship. Ravan folded his hands in prayer and said, Prabhu, or, O God, if you are satisfied or happy with my prayer, please grant me a wish and also a weapon. Shivji asked, What wish do you want? Ravan replied, I'm sure you know the wish Brahmadev granted me. I don't fear any creatures, but please reinstate my, any life that I have lived so far. So Bhagwan Shiv granted him the wish and presented his dagger called Chandrahas to Ravan. Bhagwan Shiv also announced that from that day, Dasgriv would be known as Ravan. Ravan means who cried. Since then, Dasgriv or Dasanan was called by his new name, Ravan. Interesting, Nana, that Ravan was so strong, but he got hurt so much just with the pressure of Shivji's toe? Well, that is Shivji or Bhagwan Shiv. Who could be stronger than him in this universe? Nana, was there anyone else other than Bhagwan Shiv and Sri Ram who could defeat Ravan? That's a great question, Adya. Ravan lost fights against two other people. One was a king called Arjun, and the other one was monkey king Bali. Should we tell those two stories? Arjun? Did you mean Arjun from the Mahabharata? Oh, no, no, no. This was the king of 
Mahishmati came down. Okay, well, let's tell the story then, then I think it will explain. So, while Ravan was going around on the earth, conquering kingdoms and defeating kings, he reached Mahishmati Puri, a beautiful city on the banks of the river Narmada that was ruled by a powerful king, Arjun. So Ravan inquired about the city and what his advisors told him, he was surprised and mesmerized by that. The beauty of the river Narmada and the king who ruled the city of Mahishmati Puri and how powerful and strong he was. And you know Ravan, he immediately wanted to conquer the city and challenge King Arjun. King Arjun was also known as Sahastrabahu. You know the words, Sahastrabahu means someone who has a hundred arms. He had the strength of thousands of elephants. Wait a minute. Do you mean he had a hundred arms? You know, Adya, I don't think literally he had hundred arms. But I believe he had. He was so powerful. He was very strong. Like a person who would have had hundred arms. That's how I will say. But that's what is said in, in Ramayana that he had hundred arms, that's why he was called Shastrabahu. So, um, you know, and even about Ravan, right? When we say Ravan had ten heads, I think he had such a big ego, like he had ten heads. Now, going back to our story, Ravan decided to rejuvenate by taking a bath in the river Narmada, and he worshipped Bhagwan Shiv. As Ravan was an ardent devotee of Bhagwan Shiv, he used to keep a shivling with him all the time. His commanders and army were also tired because of various battles they had fought. At the same time, King Arjun was relaxing in the river Narmada on the other side. And he was so powerful that using his arms, he stopped the water flow in Narmada River. And you know what happened? The part of the river where Ravan was bathing flooded and the flowers and garlands that Ravan had collected to worship Bhagwan Shiv were washed away in the flood. And this made Ravan very angry. Next day, his army attacked King Arjun's army. Ravan's army injured many soldiers and commanders of King Arjun's army. And when King Arjun heard that Ravan has attacked his kingdom, he stopped his vacation and came to the battlefield. And he started attacking Ravan's commanders and army. He injured one of Ravan's commanders, Prahastra. And when Ravan saw that his army was losing, he came forward to fight with King Arjun. 
and a fight between Ravan, who had 20 arms, and Arjun, who had 100 arms, started. And they started hitting each other with their maces. Arjun got an opportunity to hit Ravan on his chest. Arjun's mace broke into pieces. Ravan wasn't seriously hurt by the hit, except that he moved back a few paces and sat on the floor. Arjun saw an opportunity. He jumped and got hold of Ravan. He used his hundred arms to tie him up with a rope. Ravan couldn't do anything except roar like an injured tiger. Arjun took Ravan to his palace and he imprisoned him. Hearing about Ravan's imprisonment, guards and humans all rejoiced. But Ravan was rescued by his grandfather, Sage Pulast. So when Sage Pulast heard that Ravan was defeated by King Arjun and he was imprisoned, he was sad. Well, he was a grandfather. Even though he knew Ravan was not a good person, still Ravan was his grandson. So he decided to go to Arjun's palace. As Sage Pulast was a well-known and learned teacher, Arjun gave him a seat, welcomed him, and asked him what could he do for him. Sage Pulast told him that Ravan's ego had been destroyed, and he requested him to free Ravan. Arjun agreed and let Ravan go, and they became friends. So one would think that after this episode, Ravan would have changed. But no, he didn't change. Rather, he would travel all over the universe and challenge people, including monkeys for duels. So one day he stopped at Kiskindapuri and challenged the king of monkeys, Bali, for a duel. Bali's younger brother, Sugriv, and Bali's wife and others in the kingdom informed Ravan that Bali wasn't there. and that he would be back soon after finishing his evening puja. If Ravan wanted, he could wait for him. Or Ravan just could go to South Sea's beach where Bali was offering evening puja to God's son. Or Surya Dev. Ravan laughed at them and got in his Pushpak Viman or Pushpak Chariot to reach the South Seas beach where Bali was offering his puja. Bali saw Ravan approaching and he continued his puja, planning his move when Ravan came near him. As soon as Ravan reached Bali in a surprise move, 
Bali jumped and grabbed Ravan. And guess what he did? He put him in his armpit without interrupting his puja. Holding Ravan in his armpit, Bali went around the earth, stopping at every sea to offer puja, and finally he returned to his kingdom, Kiskindapuri, with Ravan still stuck in his armpit. Now he let go of Ravan, and laughing, he said, Hi. Where are you from? Where did you come from? Ravan was tired and breathing heavily and was wondering how strong this monkey king was. He replied, Monkey King Bali, I'm Ravan. And came here to challenge you for a duel. But you held me like an animal and flew around the earth. I don't know of any other warrior who could be so strong and could carry me around like that. Now I want to make you my friend. Will you accept my friendship? And Bali agreed. Afterwards, Ravan and Bali became good friends. But Nana, what about the story about Ravan being immortal because he had some of the nectar of life or Amrit in his belly button? Ah, that story. Yeah, so there is a story about that, but there are different versions of this story. Well, first, Valmiki Ramayan, the original Ramayan, does not have this story. But some other versions of Ramayana do have a story about this topic. According to one version, while Ravan didn't care about humans, he was always worried about monkeys, particularly after he was defeated by monkey king Bali, as we told the story about. So when he returned from his duel with Bali, he worshipped Brahmaji again, and this time he wanted Amrit. Brahmaji repeated what he had said before, that he cannot grant him immortality. Though he said, well, I can give it to you, I can give you Amrit, but you cannot drink it because you cannot become immortal. So Ravan replied, fine, I won't drink it, but can I keep it in my body so that I can remain immortal until Amrit is safe in my body? Brahmaji said, okay, I can give you some Amrit, but which body part do you want to store it in? Ravan thought about it and replied, I'll store it in my navel. Adya, what do you think? Why did Ravan store Amrit in his navel? Or why would he want to store Amrit in his navel? Uh, I don't know, Nana. Maybe because the belly button or navel, as you say, is kind of connected with life. Before you're born, you get your nutrition through your mother in her womb. Hmm, that's impressive. I, I like that rationale. I guess that could have been a good reason. 
for another reason was that it was against the rules to hurt someone under the belly so if you are fighting someone with mace they could not hit you under the belly ah clever nana Davin was clever you said there was another version of the story yep so according to another version of the story Ravan was injured in his duel against Bali and his injuries were very serious life threatening so his wife mandodri was very worried and scared she wanted to save her husband's life and secure it forever her father rakshas maya suggested getting some amrit he knew though that amrit was stored in a safe place in chandralok or moon but one could go to the moon only if the person could fly so rakshas maya or mandodri's father gave her special powers so that she could fly to moon the amrit pot was heavily guarded by chandradev and only once on a special day called sharad purnima did chandradev drop amrit on earth a drop in fact that's what people believe and you know what some people leave a pot of kheer outside that if amrit came from heavens it will drop in the kheer so mandodri waited for that moment when chandradev would drop a drop of amrit and she was able to catch a drop that she stored in her ring and brought it home and well there's another version of this story that she stole a drop of amrit in any case when she brought amrit home amrit was surgically placed in ravan's navel by vibhishan ravan's younger brother only two people knew the secret of ravan's navel containing amrit mandodri and vibhishan oh yeah and vibhishan gave away the secret that is correct but we are not going to tell that story here we will do that one or we will talk about that in our dasahara episode which we plan to do next wow nana so many stories about ravan is there another story about ravan that we want to tell well there are many stories about ravan but most of them are about his arrogance and ego i think we can tell another story which is about his faith in bhagwan shiv and also about his ego what is that do i know about that i think you would have heard about it the story of ravan trying to take bhagwan shiv to lanka and keep him there just for himself so the story goes like this one time ravan worshiped bhagwan shiv for many years with penance and devotion bhagwan shiv was pleased and he appeared before ravan so bhagwan shiv said ravan i will grant your wish what do you wish for ravan bowed and said bhagwan if you are pleased with me accept me as your best devotee 
And if you accept me as your best devotee, you come and live in Lanka so that I can see you every day and seek your blessings. And you know, Bhagwan Shiv, he, he will grant any wish, right? Bhagwan Shiv said, so be it, wish granted. I'll surely come with you and reside in Lanka. But I have a condition. So you have to carry this shivling to Lanka, not in any chariot or by any other means of transportation, only on foot. And you cannot put this shivling down under any circumstances. If you put the shivling down, the shivling will remain there. It cannot be moved from there. And guess what? Ravan again got swayed by his ego and said, this is just a shivling. Of course, I'll carry this to Lanka. So Sri Ganesh, you know, who is Bhagwan Shiva and Parvati, Mata Parvati's son, was listening to this conversation. And he got worried. He thought, well, what if Raman was successful in taking Bhagwan Shiv to Lanka? What will happen to the rest of the devotees of Bhagwan Shiv? He will not be available to the rest of the universe. So Sri Ganesh had to think of some way to stop this. Sri Ganesh went to Raman and said, Lankesh, you know, Lankesh means king of Lanka. So, oh, king of Lanka, you are taking this shivling to Lanka. Since you are taking Shivji to Lanka forever, I want to walk with you and ask you about Shiv stories. Ravan said, sure, please do. So Ganeshji took a small pitcher of water with him and said, I'm going to keep this water with me in case we get thirsty during the journey. I will have some water, okay? And Ravan said, fine. So after a short while, Ganeshji offered water to Ravan and Ravan took a gulp of water from the pitcher. After some time, he felt thirsty again and Ganeshji offered him water again. And this happened few times. So because of drinking water again and again, guess what? Ravan had to pee. So Ravan asked Ganeshji to hold the shivling so that he could go and pee. But Ganeshji politely refused and said, this shivling is so heavy and um, I wouldn't be able to hold it. Why don't you just put it down? So Ravan said that he couldn't do that. And, and he reminded Ganeshji of what Shivji had said and he kept walking. But then there came a moment when Ravan couldn't hold anymore and he had to be and he couldn't hold Shivji so he had to put the shivling down and he went to pee. So when he came back and tried to pick up the shivling, he couldn't move it. I don't remember what Shivji had said. So Ganeshji reminded Ravan of the condition that Bhagwan Shiv had required, right? Ravan was very disappointed. He wasn't happy, but he couldn't do anything. And he had to go empty-handed to Lanka. You mean Ganeshji tricked him into drinking water again and again, which made him go pee, so he had to put down the shivling? But 
I guess Ganeshji was thinking of the entire universe, while Ravan was being selfish and taking Shivji to Lanka, kind of imprisoning him there. But Nana, there must be something good about Ravan, something positive about Ravan we could share with our listeners. I love your attitude, Adya. Positive attitude. Yes, everyone has something positive to offer. You know, every living being has both positive and negative. And Ravan too. He did have some positive aspects to his attitude. Ravan was one of the most learned people during his time. And as we have talked before, he received his education in the Gurukul of his father, Sage Vishrava. And you know who was Vishrava? So Sage Vishrava was Brahmaji's grandson, right? Brahmaji's son was Sage Pulast, and Vishrava was son of Sage Pulast. And Ravan was son of Sage Vishrava, right? And then Ravan worshipped Brahmaji so many times. And he almost got his immortality wish. Well, close to immortal. So Ravan was a favorite devotee of Bhagwan Shiv, right? He created hymns for praying Bhagwan Vishnu. And this is called, or this hymn is called, Shivatandav Stotra. He was an expert in all the Vedas and scriptures. He was an expert in rituals of worshipping both Bhagwan Shiv and Bhagwan Vishnu, something that was unique. And you know, there is a funny story. Well, I don't know if we can call it funny, but you know, I, as I use the word interesting all the time, it is interesting. You know, Ravan was a priest in a puja that Sri Ram performed for Bhagwan Shiv before he crossed the ocean and started the war against Ravan. Wait, what? But they were going to fight a war after Sri Ram and his army crossed the ocean. How can that even be possible? Well, you know, Adya, that is, that is an, uh, let's see, how do I put it? That tells about the virtue of people during that time, you know, during the time of Ramayana, a person trusted his priest even if the priest was his enemy. And a priest would perform a puja and wish for the success of his enemy. I mean, you know, something that is unheard of nowadays, right? I don't think I've ever heard this story, Nana. Yeah, maybe maybe haven't told you this story. So let's tell this story now. That will that is actually about the positive aspect of Ravan's character. I can't wait. A story I've never heard. It's gonna be so exciting. Okay. So here is how the story goes. Before crossing the ocean to go to Lanka, Sri Ram called his advisors. Sugriv, Angad, Jamwant, and Hanuman, and he said, I consider Bhagwan Shiv as my Bhagwan. So I want to worship Bhagwan Shiv before we cross the ocean and start the war. Is there a priest who can perform the puja for me? 
I want the best priest to perform this, the rituals. Jamwant, who was the oldest among his advisors, responded, O oh, Bhagwan, only priest who is qualified to perform these rituals would be Raman. So Sri Ram was surprised to hear Jamun's suggestion. And he said, do you think he will do it? So Jamwant knew Ravan's grandfather, Sage Pulast. Jamun said, well, I can go to Lanka and request him. It doesn't hurt. So he went to Lanka and reached Ravan's palace. So when the guards saw Jamwant, they stopped him and um, they went to Ravan to inform about Jamwant coming to see him. Ravan asked the guards to offer Jamwant the seat and treat him with respect and honor. And he said he would see him soon. So when Ravan saw Jamwant, he touched his feet. You know why? Because Jamwant was his grandfather's friend, right? As I mentioned before. So he, you know, it was like his grandfather. He asked Jamwant the reason for his visit. Jamwant explained to him the purpose of the visit. Ravan thought for a few moments and he gave his consent to perform rituals for Sri Ram's puja of Bhagwan Shiv. So on the, uh, the day of the puja, Ravan came to perform the puja perform the rituals, Sri Ram and Lakshman, they stood up from their seats and said pranam to him, you know, because he was the priest. So Ravan said, for any married person, and any puja you do has to be performed by both husband and wife, unless they are separated or one of the spouses was dead. So where is your wife? Ram replied, well, none of this applies to me and you know that my wife is your captive. Ravan smiled and said, well, I'm the priest, so it is my responsibility to make sure this puja is performed properly and is successful. So your wife Sita will come here for the puja and she will go back to Lanka after the puja is complete. He sent his Pushpak Viman or Pushpak chariot to bring Sita from Ashok Vatika where she was kept or where she was imprisoned. Sri Ram and Sita Ji, they um, established a, a shivling and performed the puja under Ravan's direction or guidance. And after puja, they asked for his blessings to be victorious in the Lanka war. And what did he say? Well, Brahman responded, Vijay Bhav, or may the victory be yours. Amazing. Two competitors, and one wishing his opponent to win, meaning he won't prevail or he'll be in defeat. I can't think of anyone doing this. Nana, is that place still there? Well, let me first say this. Yeah. It's possible. It's possible, or it was possible in the era of Sri Ram and Ravan. You know, only during that time. 
And yes, the place is still there. The place is known as Rameshwaram and it is in the state of Tamil Nadu. There's a huge temple and people from all over the world and you know India everywhere come to worship this special Shivling. It is one of 12 major temples of Bhagwan Shiv. Um, they're called Jyotirlings. So, you know, we can keep telling stories, I guess, for hours and hours. But I'm thinking, what do you think? We can end today's episode with this story? Sure, Nana. Great idea. Thank you, listeners. This is going to be a long episode. Um, but, uh, you know, we had to do it with so many stories in it, and there are some more which we are going to tell in the next episode, which will be um, on the Shahra. We hope you have a great rest of your day or night or whenever you're listening. And we hope you enjoyed those stories. Thank you. This is the story for today. We will be back with a new story in our next episode. Bye and have a good rest of your day or night or whatever time you're listening to it. Please subscribe and provide your feedback. We'll see you with a new story in the next episode. And if you want my Nana to tell a specific story, please leave us a comment. You can send your request by email also. Our email address is shuklarrap at gmail.com. I will spell the email address s-h-u-k-l-a-r-r-a-p at gmail.com. Bye-bye!